You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. So we've been in this series, all of you have uh, been with us, on idolatry. And uh, it's that we put these idols, these things that elevate themselves in our lives um, above the pursuit, the person, and the priority of God in our lives. And um, we found that uh, they are the things that we worship, and we worship them unknowingly. Not even intentionally, most of the time. They've snuck up on us. Um, We've seen in this series that the idols can come from our heritage. They can come from our past. They can come from our personal history. Um, And they can even come from within our culture. We've talked about how um, easy it is to take things that the Lord intended for our pleasure even... And that somehow we turn those and we begin to worship those. I mean, the Lord, we talked about the, how the Lord intended food to be good for us, but yet we, we chase it and pursue it. How the Lord intended uh, sex and intimate relationships to be good for us, but we've, we chase it and worship it. And even entertainment. We, last week we talked about the idols of power. And we talked about how success and achievement um, and money, those types of things, they're useful, they're beneficial, they're not anything wrong with them, but the problem is, is that we've begun to, to worship them at times. And uh, this week, though, we're going to look at the most common, the most common idol that we uh, knowingly, but mostly unknowingly, uh, let affect us. It's the one that gives us the greatest struggle at times. It's the God of me. We all need to be reminded that there is one God, and you're not him. (laughs) The God of me is the one you're going to grapple with. I'm going to grapple with every single day, multiple times a day. I feel like right at the very beginning, right here at the outset, I just need to say to you, today, I'm preaching to me, but I really hope that you're listening too. Because I think this is really applicable to all of us. But mostly, I'm preaching to me today. It's a constant struggle when me wants to sit on the throne of my heart and not the Lord. There is the Lord God. He is the master and the creator of all. And then there's the God of me. the pretender to the throne. Today I want us to consider who are we going to serve? Who have we been serving? I read this recent account of a psychologist, Dr. Uh, Rokic, and the story was uh, of him in the 60s, and he basically wrote this book on his studies. He studied three guys, um, Leon, Clyde, and Joseph. And they... uh, They all had kind of illusions of grandeur. To be specific, um, it was a little more, it was a little worse than that. They all thought they were God, like literally. Um, And so he had this idea. He thought, well, if I get them to live together, like they'll realize like, hey, wake up. You're not God. So he had them literally living together, working together, Sleeping together, eating together, not sleeping together, but sleeping in the same room. <laughs> Gotta watch how I say that. 
eating together, you know, doing group therapy together, and just trusting that along the way, like, reality would set in. But it didn't. And it was even worse because one of them would literally say, I am the Messiah, the Son of God. And he would ask them, how do you know? And he would say, because God told me so. And the other one would say, I told you no such thing. (laughs) And then the third one would chime in, and it just kept going like that all the time, all this chaos, because they each thought they were God. And And the crazy thing was, is they were convinced they were God. And those other two guys were just psych wards people. All three were. It was crazy and chaotic. Sixty years later, and our world looks like that, though. All of us thinking that we're God, and we wonder why our, our nation and our world is in just chaos. We process life today in a culture that tells you it's all about yourself. You've heard me say this before. We are the Burger King generation. You can have it your way, right? It's all about me. It's what do I want. There's even songs about that, about how it's all about me. It's all about, not about you, it's, right? It's all this, we all think it's about us. This generation wants us to think that you can have whatever you want. You can be, we tell our kids, you can be whatever you want to be. We, we, we build this and we don't even realize that the way we subtly are implying all of this. But it's not just this generation. It actually happened in the first generation. And that's why I want to take us to our text today. Genesis chapter 3. <clears throat> if you're lo- following along in your notes, it's going to say 1 through 4. I'm adding a verse to it because I think it's relevant to our study today. Genesis chapter 3. He says this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you'll die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now the challenge here is that there are three lies that the enemy really was trying to get over on Adam and Eve. The first was, is that God is holding out on you. See, he really was trying to create distrust in all of that. But the lie is, is that you're missing out somehow. If you can do whatever you want, but right, just doing it this way, you're missing out. The second lie is this. You have everything you need to be your own God. And the third one is just like it. And that is, what's important is you, not God. See, these three lies, I would love to say that that just sounds like the rest of biblical history when the Hebrews were always running around chasing after some other idol. But it looks a lot more like regular history to me, not just biblical history. Now, I don't know every generation, but man, I, I started paying attention somewhere in around the eighth grade. I don't know what happened before that. But I do remember somewhere along the way them talking about in the 16th century, Henry VIII. He was talking about how he wanted what he wanted with his wives and all that kind of stuff. And he literally manipulated the whole church 
so that he could marry who he wanted to, one of his sisters, right, and divorce the other ones. And he kept doing these divorces and all that stuff. Why? Because he wanted what he wanted. And it happened again, like in the 18th century. I, I, I woke up around the ninth grade, and I remember this from that, <clears throat> is that there was, um, leading up into the French Revolution, right, Marie Antoinette, Louis XVI, everything was about what they wanted. And they didn't care what everybody else, they didn't care that people were in disarray, their world was in disarray. Let them eat cake, it doesn't matter, right? Because it, it was all about what they wanted. But the crazy thing is, is it looks like the 20th century. I mean, just think about in our lifetime, there have been two major wars, two world wars, and a whole bunch of other ethnic cleansings and wars that just happened in the nation. Why? Because people wanted what they want. They thought, I can have what I want. I'm God. They didn't think it consciously that way, but it was. It was they can do what they want to do. I can be my own God. I can have it my way because what's important is me. That's the lie. And it's right into our history. And quite honestly, it's not far off of our 2020 cancel culture either. It's what I want. It's about me. It's not about anything else. And if you want it to be about that, I'll cancel you out. That's what idolatry does. Especially when you're worshiping the God of me. These are the lies that we buy into. What's important is you, not God. You can have everything you, you have everything you need to be your own God. Now sometimes it's easy to see this in others. really hard to see the God of me and me. And that's not a statement in general. That's a statement of Paul. It's really hard to see the God of me in me. But there are symptoms. How do we know? How do we know that the God of me is affecting us? How do we know that it's impacting us? There are symptoms. Symptoms that show up when the God of me begins to edge himself onto the throne of my heart. The first is arrogance. You're always right, and your way is the best way. Now, the problem I have is that I am always right, and my way is always the best way. I am so preaching to myself today. You guys are laughing, but you have no idea how serious I am. Insecurity. You're consumed with what other people think about you. Do they know who I am? Do they know what I did? Do they know where I'm headed? Do they know what I'm going? Do they know what I'm worth? Do they know? Do other people know? It's so much sometimes even in our subconscious. But it's a symptom. It's a possible symptom of... The God of me. Remind me to turn off all my reminders when I preach next time. (laughs) Loneliness. You eventually run other people off because it's all about you. Friends come and friends go. Why? Because it's all about you. I know people like this. Sometimes I've been like this. But I I have some people that I know is like... They can only have one best friend at a time and then they're gone, right? 
why are they gone and they're on to the next best friend? Because there's, it's about them. Self-seeking is another one. You're always placing your needs and wants above what others need and want. These are symptoms. Now I'm just going to tell you, because you are the few who showed up here today in spite of me preaching, you get a bonus one, right? This is a bonus symptom that no other campus is getting today. (laughs) Dissatisfaction. Dissatisfaction is a symptom of the God of me trying to edge his way on. When you routinely or constantly are dissatisfied with others, their opinions, their beliefs, their political thoughts, their thoughts in general, their actions, their behaviors, their personal habits, their so-called results. When you're dissatisfied with what other people do and provide or don't provide, do or don't do, when we just find ourselves like always down, it's a symptom. Now listen, we've talked about these and we stated they are symptoms and they are. And I would say just one randomly at a, from time to time, one consistently, let's pause, let's, let's, let's pause long enough to look at this thing. But if you're like me, multiples, then it's time to, we, to, to stop and to reassess and to reevaluate where am I? Who's sitting on the throne of my heart today? Who am I worshiping? Is it the Lord God or is it the God of me? And even better yet, once you figure out what you need to do, how do I dethrone the God of me? How do I dethrone him from the throne in my heart? Well, we have three, three ideas for you, three steps. The first is this. Daily acknowledge your need for God and passionately pursue him. The Apostle Paul acknowledges in Philippians 3 when he describes that everything else is loss when compared to knowing Christ and compared to his need for Christ. That's basically what he says. He basically is implying that everything that he ever learned, everything that he ever owned, everything that he ever accomplished and everything he ever experienced. One version of the Bible says, was as dung compared to knowing Christ. And the need for righteousness found in Christ. So we have to acknowledge our need from him. The second is this. The second step to dethroning the God of me is to die daily as you confront the desire to make it all about you, make it all about me. This is what Jesus was saying in Luke chapter 9. He said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. See, dying daily to our flesh, to the God of me, it's a decision. It's a daily decision. 
It's a conscious decision. It's a conscious decision to look at our condition and to do something about it. And it's a decision that we have to make over and over and over and over again. And then after lunch, over and over. (laughs) Now, I will tell you this. The first two steps, I find for me that the best way to deal with these is prayer. Out loud confession. I, I can pray in my mind and I can do that, but I'm telling you, it's way better. Even if it's the even if it's low, whispered, mumbling, other people think you're mumbling. I'm not mumbling, I'm praying. I'm praying several times a day. Lord, I need you more than anything else. And I want you more than I want fill in the blank. More than I want acknowledgement, more than I want money, more than I want uh, to be known, more than I want to be successful more than I want whatever and I choose to crucify my desires because it's not about me Lord I choose not to worship me but instead in the King James I choose to worship thee we really really have to crucify our minds, crucify our flesh, crucify our thoughts. And the best way I know to do that is in prayer. And sometimes I just need to hear myself pray it. So I do it out loud. The last recommendation that we have this morning for dethroning the God of me is to seize the opportunity to serve, to affirm, or elevate others. See, when we intentionally focus on others, We're removing the focus off of me. And he doesn't like it. She doesn't like it. But it's good for us that we focus not on me, but on focus on other things. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says this. He says, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And in Philippians, he says this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I think for me, this sums up, this verse sums up more so than the others, what I'm talking about this morning. So let's read it together. Can you put that back up, Janet? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. See, I think it deals with, we see how vain and how the me is in that. But it also deflects it, moves it off of and, and pushes so that what we're not trying to fulfill is ourselves, but try and work with others. And I think when we get, by doing that, when we get me off the throne, then it's open and vacant for the one who's supposed to be there. 
For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.